0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Group void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Radio. Welcome to another the Hoodies. This is Bill Kegel. I'm joined by no one again. Uh, Dan will most likely be calling five minutes into the show like he does every week. just um, start telling him it starts at 8.55 or, 9, or uh, 7.55, depending on when we start the show. I think that's probably going to be our best course of action. Um, but we have another caller coming, calling in for our Cowboys update, I guess. I guess we need to know about the, uh, I guess the happenings it's for Dallas Cowboys because ESPN hasn't covered it, um, more than enough. So I brought in one of my, uh, buddies that is a huge Cowboys fan, um, which I actually kind of hate him for, but, uh, but yeah. So, uh, oh, Dan's calling in. Oh, he's only like, what, what are we in? Less than a minute into the show, Dan's calling in. This is a record. Dan, what's happening, buddy? Oh, uh, not much. This is actually the first time that I I've called in where I haven't been in the middle of doing something. So I this think it shows a off. Huge, a huge night. And it's yeah, and it's it was less than a minute into the show, so this is exciting. Um my back gets a little relief. I'm just messing with you. Um, but anyway, hey, we're going to have Tony call in. Uh, my buddy you met when uh, you were here for UFC, I believe, 193. Um, oh, right. yeah. He's going to call in and talk Cowboys because, like I was joking at the beginning of the show, because we haven't, the whole world doesn't do enough Cowboy talk. So, um, oh, yeah, geez. we're going to have him call in and talk Cowboys. He's going to talk uh, UFC. He tries to talk WWE. He's a huge WWE fan. Um I, remember I still don't like saying, Colin said I much prefer WWF. Yeah. Pretty much going to have to carry us on that Because it's been a long time Since I've watched the uh, WWE no, We're not going to talk it, that's what I was going to say Is We're going to have to keep him off the WWE training uh, Probably going to uh, want to cool. talk to Brock Lesnar thing uh, uh, I'm good I'm good to talking to anything WWE no, I, I, um, I feel like we can make one exception We can make one exception Where we could ask him about the Conor McGregor comments about um, calling everybody in the WWE a bunch of pussies. I, mean, I love that he kept using the word dweeb. In his accent, it was actually kind of funny. They're nothing but a so bunch that of is the one thing, it. and then if he gets yeah, yeah, any further, it's getting cut off. Yeah, I got the button right here. I'm ready to X his ass, so um, we will do that. But uh, anyway, he's going to call in in a little bit. He said he's going to let me know before he does, so ideally he'll do that. So anyway,. Uh, I wait for him to actually get here to start start talking UFC two hundred two. Um, the reason that is because it was uh, I missed the fight unfortunately, um, but uh, but by all accounts it was the greatest fight in UFC history. Which I don't know I don't know what else that would compare it to as a uh, relatively new UFC fan. Um, mm-hmm. I, I guess a lot of the stuff. Uh, a lot of the stuff that he was, the McGregor was doing at the end of the match, he was sort of running or whatever, which you know right. he was winning on points, I guess. So it didn't really make that much of a difference. But um, did you did you watch it? Yes, I did. I, yeah, I watched the whole fight. Um, actually, you know what? It was a pretty decent card. I thought um, that was a better card than the the 200 card. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, a lot of people were uh, saying that especially
0: the. UFC 200 was kind of a dud, um, but yeah, I did I did watch the fight. I thought it was a great fight. I thought um, Connor definitely won the uh, first and second round and third round fight and fourth round, and then I thought Nate Diaz took the third and the fifth. Um, I thought it was probably the best game planned fights I've seen since probably GSP. Um, fighting. So the reason is, interesting, I mean, you could tell, yeah, you could you could see, um, I mean, uh, the size difference between the two guys. Um, Nate Diaz or yeah, Nate Diaz is a uh, smaller welterweight. Um, you know, he probably doesn't have to cut much to get to welterweight, and he's a huge one fifty five er. And obviously, Connor is a much smaller guy, and he's basically, he's a big 145-er where he cuts down to get to 145. Um, I thought Connor, um, when he, the few times, I think he knocked him down three times, if memory serves. Um, Yep. And Nate was on the ground, and and everyone's like, well, why is he not jumping to finish him? And I think what happened is he knew that, if he somehow got caught in Nate's guard, that I, I think Nate could probably easily tap him. And he didn't want to risk that. So I think he knew he's right. probably... Um, Nate throws um, punches in volumes, but I think he's a more crisp, dynamic striker. And I think, yes. like you said, he knew he was winning on points. So he didn't want to risk jumping in his guard, getting submitted, or doing something stupid. And I think he was running away at the end because there was a point, I believe it was in the third round where Connor, you could tell got was probably one good punch from getting knocked out or getting TKO'd. At right. Cause he gassed, right? Yeah. He gassed um, yeah. pretty, pretty early in what the third round, right? And, and, and that's actually kind of amazing. It kind of shows what kind of fighter Nate Diaz is who, Got knocked down, what three times at that point? And going into the third round, he's knocked out, knocked down once in the first round, knocked down twice in the second round. And Connor just didn't right. go in for the attack. Uh, you know, didn't want to go to the ground with Nate, but um, kind of shows it's kind yeah, of Nate, Nate crazy. is a world class. Nate's a world class jujitsu guy. Jiu-jitsu guy, yeah, yeah. And and I mean, let's be honest. If Connor lost this fight, he would have probably, I wouldn't say become irrelevant because he's still the one forty five champ. But I think he would have lost his entire miss, and I think that um, I mean, it just would have been pretty much catastrophic for his career, so right he was not any gaps right um, yeah, it was a smart game plan by Connor but uh, from all accounts, so. Um, okay, now what do you think Connor's best move is? Our uh, next move is, excuse me, I'm hearing he should do the Floyd Mayweather thing, pocket a bunch of money. Um, I'm hearing uh, he should fight Eddie Alvarez for the 55 title. Um, he should defend the 45 title and give Jose Aldo a rematch. Those are some of the options mm-hmm. that I've heard. Um, and because Dana's pretty much shot down the idea of a Connor Diaz three. Which I actually don't think they should do right away. I actually agree with that part. Um, yeah. But it, I think shutting it, it down altogether is absurd. But I think, yeah. But I think I think what the the best theory I heard, and I'm drawing a blank on where I heard it, um, is uh, is uh, oh I heard this from Brendan Schaub on the Fighter of the Kid. Um, the best the best uh, thing that that would help the UFC anyway would be if Conor uh, you know fought Eddie Alvarez. Won the 55 title and then fought Diaz, or excuse me, Diaz fought Alvarez. Um, and if he were to win that fight, obviously win the win the uh, win the 55 title and then uh, make the Connor Diaz three a title fight in like a year year and a half. Um, that sounds like it'd be the best game plan for the UFC and build up a whole bunch of hype because they I mean they split them, uh, so a third would obviously. A third would obviously, uh, you know, sort of settle that and put an end to the Diaz McGregor, uh, whatever you want to call it, I guess. Um, and and then from there, uh, you know, um, but uh, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, I th- I really think that uh, I really think that Diaz would be a lot more trouble at fifty five. I mean, I already saying seeing how his cardio is insane, um, how that dude never gets tired. I think with fifteen less pounds and being a little quicker, I think he'd be an absolute headache for Conor. Um, but w- what do you think sh- his next move should be? Okay, so I'll answer this in three in three parts. Okay, so one, I actually think Diaz will be easier for him at 155 um, because I think Connor okay. had Conor had a hard time. Obviously, there's a huge reach advantage. I mean, when you're fighting a bigger guy, I mean, that's why there's weight classes because it's hard to fight a guy that's probably, I mean, probably is a good 15 pounds heavier than you on fight day because they cut to that weight, right. but I think Diaz was walking around at like one ninety two hundred. Um I know GST used to walk into the ring at 195 and he was a welterweight at 170, um, but I think Diaz at 155 would be easier because that weight cut does Take a lot out of you, and I also mm-hmm. think Connor may be quicker too. Um, but uh, as to what he should do next, I think this is a two-part answer. I think that what he should do is he should go fight Jose Aldo, and then, um, and then just you know, if he wins, then you know he could forget about the 145, and and I mean, there's really. I mean, now that Frankie Edgar just lost pretty um, candidly to Jose Aldo a couple months ago, I think at that point then he could really say he's cleared out the the, uh, division. I think what's probably going to happen is Connor doesn't want to go down and fight Jose Aldo and risk losing because uh, Jose Aldo is really one of the best fighters in the world. He really is a great fighter. I mean, he was undefeated for like ten years, and I don't think he yeah. wants to go down the risk that I think I think he's going to try to um, make that title fight with Eddie Alvarez because I think he's he's a natural 155er, and I think that Eddie Alvarez is an easier fight. I don't think he's quite as dynamic as uh, a motivated Jose Aldo, right? So. All right, we're gonna bring on. Uh, I think he's uh, gonna try gonna to make that so. yeah. yeah, and I think. It, All right, hold on. Just uh, for, go ahead. Go ahead. Finish it up. Finish it yeah, up. Just, yeah, just to wrap it up. Uh, yeah, I I think he's gonna try to make the 155 title fight. And then he's gonna want to say that he's a you know a two. uh two division champion, and and then after that, maybe defend his 145 fight. Or title. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, all right. Uh, Tony's called in. Tony, what's up? Uh, what's going on, guys? Hey, what's up? Oh, man, not much. Uh had some technical difficulties over here. I wanted to apologize for fumbling through my thoughts there. Um, my My iPad froze up on me, and then I went to try to switch everything over to my phone, and then that was freezing, and it's like this is the ghost of Steve jobs haunting me right now because, uh, two Apple products, 0 for two on getting them to work for about 10 minutes. So I apologize. I'm glad Dan filibustered there for, for a little bit, but basically Tony, what we were talking about is, um, basically McGregor and Diaz's next moves. Um, what do you, what, what do you think they should do? Well, sounds like the, uh, old black cloud is following along Billy boy again, but, uh, Honestly, yes, I as much as Dana his doesn't want Jamal. it, I love, I love to see a third match between those two. Yeah, I know it's not what he wants to do, but I think it's the best move. It's the biggest money move because, I mean, McGregor has made Diaz a bona fide star now. I mean, Diaz always had his like a little niche following, and he's interesting as hell, but now like I think he's just he's one of UFC's biggest draws along with McGregor. I think you got to do a third match at some point soon. I do think you they're going to build hype by in between now and when that fight actually happens. Um, I know, or you know, that Nate Diaz wants him if, if for nothing else, another big payday. Um, Nate Diaz, I think had the second or third biggest purse of all time for that fight. He made $2 million for that fight. I don't think he made anywhere near that before. So if for nothing else, he wants the third payday. And then I think, um, I think the fight makes a lot of sense at 155, and I think that it's going to happen. But I, I feel like they're going to try to get in a couple other things to just so 145 and 155 aren't at, you know, just a standstill for the next ten months. So. Yeah, I agree with that too because basically McGregor has got to They got to do something with that belt. They either got to get him off it or get it off him. Let him go to 155, fight for that belt. You basically can't just have it you know, purgatory, just waiting around knowing you challenge for it. I was just telling Bill, I, isn't it I funny all this McGregor uh, isn't as interested in that Jose um, Aldo fight because there's a real chance he can go down and get his ass kicked. I mean, Jose Aldo is an amazing fighter when he's motivated. I think for a while, I think he was kind of just running on cruise control. Um, like a lot of champions who are, um, who are so dominant are. And then I, I think obviously he got surprised by Connor. Um, I mean, I I think if they fought 10 times, Jose may win six times. And, uh, I think Connor's afraid to go down and, uh, take that risk. That's an interesting theory. Um, I do think it's, I don't blame him at this point. UFC, they're so just short on stars and draws that they just need to be careful with it right now. like, and it's obviously totally as agree. Bill knows I'm a huge pro wrestling fan and I know it's two different worlds. But that's the one thing that hurts UFC is that they can't they can't control how things go. Like, they can't market the storylines and not so much storylines, but they can't make it how they want it. Like things happen, guys get knocked out, upsets happen. But with the way that they lost Holly Holm and uh you know, Ronda Rousey lately, yeah. they just need to keep building on these stars. They need those big draws. Especially with the acquisition they just had, they have to keep their momentum going. I agree with that 100. percent They haven't had a big star since GSP. I mean, they've been looking for a guy until Connor kind of came to. Um, I mean, it, he's been around for a few years now, but until he became like the bona fide star that he is, they had they have not had a draw since GSP retired, and it was like three years ago. So they really need some stars and Dana may not admit it, but maybe Dana will make the easier fight for Connor to kind of preserve that star status for him. Well, the thing, that. And I think that, yeah, I think it's the undefeated thing too. That's like, you know, everybody tuned in when Ronda was fighting because they knew Ronda was going to win. And it's like the point you were making, Tony, which was like, they can't really control outcomes. And it's, there's so many different ways to lose and win. In the UFC, as opposed to, you know, boxing or really any other sport, like, you know, there's, there's, you know, one way to lose and one way to win. Don't score as many points as the other person or, you know, in boxing, you can either get knocked out or you lose by decision. Um, where in the, uh, in the UFC, you can get knocked down, punches, kicks. Um, and then you can get submitted on the ground count, countless ways. Um, and uh, it, and it's just there, there's very 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 little room for error. there's almost there's no room for error really in the UFC. I mean we saw it with Connor and the first fight Connor was dominating that first fight and uh, and then you know he makes one mistake goes to the ground with the you know a great jujitsu guy and gets choked out after you know winning the first round pretty handedly. I mean he cut Nate open pretty good and uh, Connor got cocky and you know went down and tried to fight night Nate's game. And I think that's why you didn't see it in the second fight. I think that's why every time Nate went down, Connor stayed right up. Um trying to avoid that. But I think the Dan's point, I really think, I, I really think it isn't really ne- necessarily, I think Connor is a star almost as big as Rousey, just because I, especially after winning this fight and winning, you know, in the way that he did. Um, but if he lost, I mean, they would, the UFC would be lost. Um, I mean, think about it, DC is eighteen and one. He lost a decision um against Jones. Um no, excuse me, nineteen and one, I believe he had nineteen and one after the um Anderson Silva fight. Lost one decision to Jones. Um and then Jones, you know, his he he only has one loss which is a which is a disqualification on uh illegal elbows. Um Which he was and, destroying. Uh, in that fight that he, he yeah. lost because of disqualification. I mean it was embarrassing yeah. how bad. Yeah, yeah. Right, exactly, and and I think that's I think that's more the point you were making, Dan, which was like it's not necessarily who's a bigger star. Like I think Connor's a huge star. Um, I mean, the fact that they had you know so many A-list celebrities come out to this last fight um, sort of shows that it it went mainstream. It legitimized the UFC quite a bit um, more than it already was, and um, and uh, I I really think that I think more to the point of, you know, it's Connor can talk a lot of shit, but. You know, if he's losing, then, you know, he lose that shit-talking ability. And then, um, but by winning this fight, I mean, that's back on. And Connor can sort of be the showman that he naturally is. And I think that that's going to be great for the sport. But I think the dominance part, like GSP, like Ronda was, like uh, John Jones is, and, like, you know, he doesn't get enough credit for it, but, like, Cormier is. Like I said, the only loss Cormier has is that, that decision to Jones. And, and, you know, I I, I think... Uh, I mean, he's just almost impossible to market because he's so he looks he doesn't look like a fighter he doesn't talk like a fighter he I mean, he just universally hated for being a good dude which is so bizarre, but um yeah he, but yeah well, no it's your point his Dan biggest thing, his biggest thing with Cormier is he he's really a great fighter, um but he's basically only the champion because John Jones isn't there I mean if you watch the first fight between yeah. the two. It was a five-round fight. I think he was competitive for the first two rounds, and I think he was a punching mm-hmm. bag for the rest, if I remember correctly. Yep. I mean, Jones just um, destroyed him. And the only way he could ever erase that is for Jones to come back to be up to what he is, you know, his usual self, and for Cormier to beat him pretty easily. That's the only I, mean, way. I feel so the bad human- for DC to – I mean, that – if Jones doesn't come back for two years, I mean, it looks like D.C. will never get that rematch. And it's so unfortunate because I, I, I'd love to see a rematch between those two. And D.C. is such a great fighter, but he needs to just, he needs to stop trying to get everybody to like him. He was, he was kind of like LeBron in Miami. Like, just go out there and say, screw what you people think. I'm the best at what I do. And just, you know, become the bad guy. Like, just just feed into it, you know. The crowd would respect you more for it. Oh, by the way, and I do think Anthony Johnson is probably going to beat him this time around in this rematch. Did you see that um, fight between Anthony Johnson and Glover Teixeira? I mean, by, uh... You mean that knockout where the tooth hasn't landed yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I watched it's hard it, to call uh, it, a it was... I saw a lot of the beatings, yeah. yeah. Uh, Brendan Schaub said that Anthony Johnson is the hardest puncher in UFC history. Do you guys agree with that? Yes. I would say Kane. right now, I guess, say yes. might be there. Yeah. But go ahead. Who's going to say delay kills us? Oh, no. I'm, I'm I just agreeing. I definitely think he's the hardest header right now. All right. We're going to switch gears to the NFL. Tony, um, have you bought your deck Prescott jersey in every color possible yet or no? No, because I told you this in, at work. I. <laughs> I put zero stock into the preseason. I barely watch the preseason. I just feel like it's a glorified scrimmage to me, and I don't think – none of it really translates to the regular season, so I don't even bother with it. Dan. Um, so what's, your take, what's your take being a Cowboys fan on the lack of respect that Sonny Romo got? I think Colin Calvert put it really well the other day, and he's like, "Dak Prescott's getting all this love for these things he's doing against vanilla defenses, against guys who aren't even gonna make the team and Tony Romo just kinda of gets cast aside and he's actually a really, really good quarterback.
1: Oh, I think, thoughts,
0: I think he's a I think he's a great quarterback. I mean the knock on Romo is can he stay healthy at this point in his career? I mean, you know, he's had multiple issues in that shoulder and it scares me to death. But that's with any team. Everybody loved the backup till push comes to shove, and you got to put him in, and then you realize, oh, there's a reason he's the backup. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's absolutely absurd. As a Giants fan, I think – right, exactly. And I think it's – as a Giants fan, I can tell you that Tony Romo scares the crap out of me. I nah, don't worry about Kirk Cousins. Uh, I don't worry about really anybody else in that division outside of Tony Romo beating the Giants. I really, really don't. I think Tony Romo, if he plays – if he was – if you can pencil him in for 16 games every year, I think we'd be talking about um, one of the four best quarterbacks in the league. I think he's that good. Uh, he does make boneheaded throws, you know, once every three games. But that's fine. I mean, he's he's a guy that makes plays. He can run around. He can do a lot of stuff um, with his legs. I, and I think he's a real special talent. I think Cowboys fans that don't like him – are really going to look back after he retires. And when they're in that uh, QB purgatory where the Giants are, uh, you know, they're they're heading towards two of the next five years, um, I think the Cowboys fans are going to look back and be like, God, remember how good we had it when Tony Romo was the starting quarterback for us, even with him, you know, getting well, injured every once and again? The Cowboys fans that don't like Romo clearly aren't long-term Cowboys fans that remember the Quincy Carter years. Drew Henson, Chad Hutchinson, I think mean, there's like a list of ten guys after Aikman retired that we just bunch of journeyman quarterbacks who, you know, didn't deserve to be without a backup or third stringer. They just don't value what they have right now, and it's ridiculous. Isn't it amazing that Phil oh, yeah. Martelli got you guys, Quincy Carter to a playoff berth? If you guys really want to get rid of Tony Romo, feel free to send him to the Browns because I would take him in a heartbeat. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's, Cleveland's the perfect example of like, you know, if you don't we have a, a quarterback, quarterback in this league, you're screwed. 1994.
1: Yeah, yeah when the big and people Cubs
0: are to the curb. Yeah. Fairweather fans think, oh, we could just go out and get a better quarterback, like they just grow on trees, where it's like it doesn't work that way. You know, actually, it's funny you say that because I used to room with some Steelers fans. Um, about five or six years ago. And apparently Ben Roethlisberger, I mean, it's well known, he's a giant douchebag, but I, my roommate at the time, he was a huge Steelers fan, and he wanted, I think it was Dennis Dixon, to take over at quarterback <laughs> for Ben Roethlisberger. Like, God. Uh, thinking yeah. now how incredibly stupid that is, I should actually bring it up to him sometime. Um, but that just goes to show... I guess your point where everybody wants the back up and you really need to be careful about what you wish for because, um, you know. You should force that guy to walk around Pittsburgh in a Dennis Dixon, Dixon jersey. Like just right. just to see how many people just to start throwing like, uh, you know, like just fruit at him or something. Because like Dennis Dixon, he was a fun college quarterback. But honestly, it, it does kill me. I remember when Eli had, like, remember Eli had that terrible year where he threw, you know, twenty seven interceptions and uh, and basically before Beckham started playing, um, in two thousand fourteen, I had a lot of friends, close friends, maybe the best man at my wedding, uh, said that, um, oh, they should bench Eli and see what Ryan Nassif has. I was like, I know what he has. He has a great arm for holding clipboards. I do not want that guy playing at all. I know what Eli Manning does. He has a bad season, and he's fine, though. And then Eli's turned into of the best seasons of his career since uh, since uh, the best man at my wedding, and I had that conversation. Um, so, yeah, no, nah, when well, you got a good quarterback, you got to hang on to him, even if, you know, he looks like Eli Manning or he gets Can hurt all the say, time like Tony Romo. As a Cowboys yes, fan and as a guy from Syracuse, I would love, love to see Ryan Nassib start for the Giants. I, nothing would make me happier <laughs> in the world. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Um, Dad, uh, so the best quarterback in your team is probably Terrell Pryor, but he's playing wide receiver. Uh, are you excited for the Terrell Pryor, Josh Gordon era? He's the best quarterback in your team, though. Um, are you excited for the Terrell Pryor, Josh Gordon era? Um, no, I don't think he's leaving receiver. I think uh, the Browns are probably going to limp across the um, – Across the uh, or through the season with um, with the guys they have, I Bob Griffin on I think like, RG uh, three is going to be hurt or benched by mid October. I'm wondering, wondering. I'm going well, to do cool, the uh, Browns are you, Patriot game, and I wonder I if he's still going to yeah. be playing. Do you are you going to pre-order your Browns Deshaun Watson jersey? Um, you going to get a jump on not, that? Grab I that told, real quick. I, Hope they don't take him. This is, this really? Is not talk- you don't like Deshaun Watson. I do not. Have you seen his throwing motion? Any, I, I uh, no. I, I think history is not going to be good to this conversation. Are do you, you know offhand you what week what? the Browns' bye week is? What's that? Do you know offhand uh, what week the Browns' bye week is? Oh, jeez. Uh, I do not. I do not. Okay, well, let's just say it's week seven. So Josh Gordon will be hanging out in Mexico with Johnny Manziel, and he'll be suspended well, by, by week way. eight after failing a drug test. There's a fair chance. I'm just trying to figure oh, out when their season through. just goes to complete hell. Um, I would probably I think it's give it about. To. Wait till week five when we play the Patriots and we get beat by thirty points. Oh yeah, the Brady, when Brady that comes game, back. That's.
1: And yeah, he comes back
0: from suspension, and I guarantee he's going to uh, rack up some pretty big numbers because he's going to be pissed. And I feel like, um, even though I'm a Browns fan, I want to go because I want to see Brady play in town for the last time, I guess. And um, but I think it's going to get ugly quick. Do you yeah, think I'm that um, who throws more touchdowns, Brady in that game, or a 13-year-old playing Madden with Brady on easy mode? <laughs> You know, the Browns defense is pretty terrible, so it's kinda of hard to say. So um, all right, we should you can really ripping go either we start ripping on the bills. Um, so <laughs> Tony you live here. Um for one yep. on a scale from one to ten, the people the people that we uh that we know will say uh how angry were they that they changed the stadium or the bills from the ralph wilson stadium to new era field i probably put it out of 13 out of 10 how pissed oh, people I, I, I over was, the name of a stadium i was terrified to drive through orchard park i thought there was going to be like pillaging in the streets. people are going to come out with their pitchforks i was i was terrified with little hats on them yeah burning new era hats yeah i thought that was hilarious So, anyway, in all seriousness, though, though we're going to talk about the Bills a little bit because uh, I'm obligated to. um, uh, Really, there's nothing other to talk about other than Carlos Williams um, slowly but surely looking like me with his shirt off. So, do you guys think he's going to get another job? Not pretty. Um, Because the rumor is that he started gaining weight again, um, which I don't understand if you're at an NFL training camp and you're running around all the time how you start putting weight back on especially when it was essentially new weight, because I think he's listed at like 228, but he got up to as high as 261. And that's, I mean, <laughs> so he lost some of it, and then he started putting it back on while working out with, on a weight control program by an NFL franchise. That, to me, is kind of amazing, and it shows like just a complete lack of discipline. Like, I don't know if that guy, I mean, I think he gets another shot, but I don't think he's wired to have that self-discipline to, to, uh, I, I don't know, I guess be a professional athlete or be a professional at anything. Um, but what do you guys think of, I guess, not even necessarily him, but players like that. I mean, just, just in general, it does seem, isn't, I guess today's day and age, isn't it kind of amazing that the NFL the NFL teams still take chances on guys like that? Um, when, there's, I don't know. It just seems like the juice isn't really worth the squeeze. Oh, it it drives me insane. I've said it many times that the, you're the top one percent of athletes. You're gifted by God with genetics, and you just can't get your head in the game. You can't be disciplined enough to make your million and get out and have a beautiful life. It's ridiculous. I immediately think. of it. Anyway. I think we should do a segment. See. See, no, I went yeah, somewhere else. And I think, Dan, we should have a new segment on this show. Maybe at the end of every, like, sports season, maybe not even an NFL season, but just any season that wraps up with sports, which is, like, um, the Lendale White Award for Athlete Out of Shape Award, like the Most Out of Shape Athlete Award. And I think Ray Felton probably is right up there with getting, uh, with getting an award named after him. But I think Lendale White is still, to me, the uh, the best example of that. So last year's winner would have been Eddie Lacy, uh, for sure. Carlos Williams is slowly but surely rocketing into that uh, position this year. But um, I think it's just it's like a, a guy, clear like, indication of motivation. Like if you're to me, <laughs> like I was if I was in Eddie Lacy's position, I would you know you would think that you would do everything you could to be in your the best shape you possibly could, because in the event that Aaron Rodgers I don't know it needs to rely on you that you're going to come up big and like to me it just shows you they're lazy and unmotivated when they gain weight like right, that. right. Either that or And Eddie Lacy actually right. seemingly has gotten his yeah Eddie Lacy seemingly got his stuff put together he, he I guess is a lot trimmer now um he's been doing P90X all summer so it's very weird but um I forgot P90X he probably that was like a, that was like a 2010 thing He's probably told if he doesn't get his shit in order that they're probably gonna, you know, look at other options or you know, he's not guaranteed anything. Right. No, I agree. Um all right, so Tony, we're probably just gonna keep you on for the rest of the show if you're fine with that. Um we're only gonna do a n we're only gonna do an hour today. Um because I'm, I'm in a rush. I'm and, just watching yeah. SummerSlam in the background with the audio off. Well, well, Tony um, Tony also got a lot of sleep because he woke up about an hour and a half late for work today and was uh, very joyful about it <laughs> and then came into work tired somehow and uh, was drinking coffee and was like, man, I'm so sleepy. It's like, really? The extra hour and a half uh, sleep you got didn't do anything for you? All right. Listen, um, man, but... in my defense, I, I've, I've been sober and straight edge for eight years and I took two melatonin last night. You have no idea what... Any kind of pill or prescription drug does to a guy like me, it messes me up beyond belief. So that was that was definitely a mistake on my part. But yeah, I felt like I was hungover this morning. That? I think the way you say that leads everyone to believe like you're a tiny little guy, like a 125 pounds. You're a big boy, from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. Tony's a large Oh, thank yeah. you. Tony's the Eddie Lacey of. Uh, he's the Eddie Eddie Lacy of our place of employment which we will not say in the air, but, uh, yeah, he's the agency uh, of our place of employment. Yep. So, yeah, no. Um, we have a Going Derek Mason, that, though, an inside joke he, with just myself as well. These guys losing losing motivation. Like, Phil and I, we do a very physical job, you know, about 10 hours a day, and then for about two hours after, I go to the gym and bust my ass. But these guys are hmm. making millions, and they can't stick to a diet and a workout regimen and, like, cut weight. It's, and it's that's their only my only job. Yeah, that's, exactly. that's why I think it's just the motivation thing. Yeah, they have all the things right. there for them. I mean, they have free supplements. They probably have a nutritionist on staff. I'm sure the team will make them meal, keep them on a on a regimented uh, diet plan. It's it, it's insane to think about that they just can't stay in shape. All right, so I'm going to give you guys a couple seconds to think about this while I while I give mine. Well, who do you think is the team that's going to make the biggest jump from last year to this year? I guess a will of this year's, um, you know, Carolina Panthers. Um, and I am going to go with the Tennessee Titans and I know that sounds weird, but I really, really like their running game a lot. Um, I'm not a huge fan of their receiving core, but I like Marcus Mariota. I think that Mike Mularkey is going to run them a lot. Basically. I think their defense is a little bit better than it was last year. Um, So, I really like Tennessee making a jump. Now I shouldn't say jump as in, like, they're going to go, you know, they're going to win 15 games and, you know, go to the Super Bowl. But I think, like, I think a team that's going to go from what were they last year, like, 3-13, and and I think they're going to be right around 500 and maybe make the playoffs next year. I think they're on the upward trajectory. And I'm not going to let you guys give a cop-out answer, like, the Raiders, because that's everyone. So,
1: anybody with the Raiders,
0: what other team do you get? Yeah, I know. It's everyone. Um, so, I'll stay what's the, your guys' team? I'll stay within the division. I'm going to go with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I feel like they they could make a jump. Blake Bortles quietly threw 30-plus touchdowns last year. That yeah, like the 34, 33, do. something like that. Yeah. yeah. And don't they get Dante Fowler back? And they're based, So, they're basically getting two first-round defensive players on their defense. Three, if you like think about it, because they they drafted Ramsey. They drafted Jack. Jack in the, I think, first or early second oh, yeah. round. Yeah. And he was a top five oh, yeah. talent. And, uh, yeah, and Dante Fowler. Yeah, so they're getting three, which is kind of amazing. Um, and all right, Tony, who you got making the uh, jump? This is you uh, struggling right now because I was going to go Oakland and then I was going to go Jacksonville. So thanks for that, guys. <laughs> um, I mean, Sorry I agree, there. though. They. They're both stacked with young talent. I think they're both going to improve a lot. Um, I mean, got into my head, I guess most improved. I guess I'll have to go Tampa Bay because I think Jameis Winston has a lot of talent and got another year under his belt. I, I think he'll do big things. Tampa and Bay was going to, to be up, my – I'm going to have to. to. I, no, I, I like think Tampa, Tampa Bay. coming back to earth, and I'm not sure about the rest of the division. No, I'm 100% I'm 100% on board with the Tampa Bay thing. All right, another quick uh, quick question we're going to do is um fall from grace. I mean, what team from last year other than Denver that's going to be the easiest one? Um what team other than and I'll go last this time. So, uh, you know, uh, you guys can go first. Um other than Denver, what team uh that maybe not even maybe that made the playoffs last year. We'll do it like that. That made the playoffs last year is not going to make the playoffs this year. And why? You said not going to make the playoffs? Yep. I'll go Kansas City. I just, I don't believe much in Kansas City. I just feel like they're, it's so easy to beat them if you score early and often, get up by 14, and make them throw the ball, take their running game completely out of it. But, I mean, they have a great defense, so it seems like no team can ever do it. Yeah, it. I think the team with the biggest regression. I think they're going to still make the playoffs. Is going to be the Panthers. So I don't think they're doing it. Fifteen and one. Um, but the team that made the playoffs last year that I think might fall out. I will go with the Minnesota Vikings. Ooh, I like Ooh, that one. Golden prediction, Yeah, I don't know about that one. I pick Minnesota to be pretty good, and right there with Green Bay this year. I yeah, I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Hey, I think if you ever look at I, Teddy yeah, Bridgewater's numbers, not, he's not nearly as impressive as he's made out to be. No, you're right on that, it's and I'm a not a big Teddy camp. Bridgewater guy either. I like that he's mature, and I like that he's not going to make a ton of mistakes, but he's also not making a ton of things happen either. Uh, my team is going to be he the was- Cincinnati Bengals, and I think a guy like Andy Dalton needs a ton of talent at wide receiver, and um, they lost. They lost their Muhammad Sanu, Marvin Jones. Um, I mean, Eifert's good. AJ Green, obviously incredible. Um, and I guess Jeremy Hill is supposedly poised for a huge year, according to some headlines. So, uh, but even still, I, I just I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of a guy like Andy Dalton losing, you know, his number. I will say, I mean, with Eifert and Green, we'll say number three, number four option. I'm not a fan of that. So. I think it's going to be Cincy. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. But I want to get back to the Carolina thing. Carolina is going to breeze through the schedule. Like, listen to the schedule. So, I'm not going to read the ad or whatever, but they got Denver, regression. San Francisco, terrible. Minnesota, you know, pretty good. Atlanta, eh. Tampa, young. New Orleans, meh. Arizona, all right, tough. L.A., meh. Kansas City, one of their tougher games. New Orleans. Oakland, Seattle, San Diego, Washington, Atlanta, Tampa Bay. That might be the easiest schedule I've ever seen in my life. Um, I mean, really, there's there's three games that they could lose. That's really all I see. Like I said, I, I think they're going to make the playoffs, but I don't think they're going to look like the team of destiny that, you know, they looked like last year. I just don't think they're just right. going to – yeah, I mean – don't get me wrong, you know, I think they're going to be a good team, but I just don't think they're going to be, like, that team where you're, like, no one's stopping them. And I don't think they're going to – if they play the Seahawks head-to-head next year in the playoffs, I don't think they're beating the Seahawks again. I, I don't see that happen. Um, Okay, I'm going to have so, you guys do a Super Bowl picture, a prediction with a little twist, though. All right. Who does your head say is going to win the Super Bowl? And then I'm going to do, who does your heart say is going to win the Super Bowl. So like one that you're, if you're thinking logically and then one, if you're basically, you know, going off how you feel about the team. So what you see on paper and then what you feel about the team. So, uh, I think to make it a little easier, I'll go first. My head is telling me that it's going to be, uh, Oh God. It's going to be, I hate Arizona this year. I really do with Carson Palmer. Um, but uh I, I really think mine is going to be my head is going to tell me green bay new england um and i think my heart and and you guys are going to laugh at this is is going to be giants pittsburgh i would I only like that them. because i'd love to see all the steelers fans like well you know what actually i think the steelers would beat the giants sorry but uh it's fine and I'm probably with if I, if, I, would I could, uh, if you shot me with fans. that sodium pentothal stuff, I'm sure I would think the same thing. But I can't, good conscious think that. Yeah, I was at a Super Bowl party with some Steelers fans. Who did they play last? Where they lost to? Totally drawing a blank right now. Ariz No, not Arizona. Green oh, Bay they beat Arizona.
1: Green. Was
0: it Green Bay? Green Bay. Yeah, Super Bowl. So, yeah, that was Rogers' Super got. Bowl. I'm totally yeah. drawing a blank. What? Yeah, just to. Just to see the Steelers fans, just the deflation on their face. Um, yeah, dance the Browns fan, so everybody. Okay, Tony, with your head, who do you think is going to win? Uh, with my head, I agree with you. I got to go Green Bay, New England. I think Brady on the redemption tour. I mean, he's already he's motivated every year, but given the extra incentive of gate, I think he's just going to come out and just tear up the league. It's going to be ridiculous. I can't wait till he plays the Bills. He's just—he's gonna throw for like six touchdowns and just go crazy. <laughs> I'm so happy I'm not going to that game. I'm so happy. God. So who, who gets beat up more? The Browns or the Bills? You think? Oh, the Browns I easily. Like, <laughs> the the Browns. Browns. You think? Well, yeah. I, mean, right. I guess all the. I do think. Well, okay. All right. We'll get into that. Who's your heartbeat, Tommy? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go in my heart. And I would love this matchup because, you know, I'm a Cowboys homer, obviously. But I think it would be great if all of America would have to pick. Who do they hate more, New England or Dallas? It will be the most hated Super Bowl in history. Yeah, you know what? Maybe instead of saying head and heart, maybe we'll go head and want. We'll say instead of heart. Who do you want to see in the Super Bowl? So that's fine. Realistically, heart want Dan. you can't heart say the Browns versus the browns. browns. But Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Listen, I'm very browns, at browns. browns. if you can't tell. <laughs> yeah. i very realistic no, I know about that in their so, Um, I have yeah. no false uh, hopes for the Browns.
1: <laughs> but, so, uh, who, do you,
0: who does your head say is going to make it? <laughs> my head? I'm going to actually switch it up on you guys. I think it's going to be the Seahawks and Patriots rematch. And I think... I was really God. close to going with that, too. I like Seattle yeah a ton. But my heart says Green Bay Patriots, and I think in Green Bay winning it. Gotcha. Interesting. So my Giants-Pittsburgh is the most realistic pick on this list. It's good. Um, I think that's what's going to happen. But, uh, no. Um For real? Uh, man, I, I do think that that's probably... I do think that's going to be the consensus pick. Is going to be Green Bay, New England. I think by most people. And I don't. And, I, and even though I picked it, I really don't understand the Green Bay thing. Maybe just because Aaron Rodgers is so good. But Green Bay kind of. And he's getting Jordy back. He got defense. With yeah, getting Jordy back, I guess it helps. But oh my God, Oakland has three, four straight home games. What the hell? What is up with the NFL game? Did you guys notice this? I think we talked about this last time, Dan. But you, you notice like these group, these blocks of home games. Some of these guys are, some of these teams are getting. You did. So Oakland up, plays. Yeah. yeah, Oakland plays. Denver plays at Oakland, and then they have a bye. Houston plays at Oakland. Carolina at Oakland, and then Buffalo at Oakland. Oakland has a four straight home games and then a bye shoehorned in the middle of it. That's crazy. Cleveland, I think, has this, too. I know the Bills have three straight home games in December, which is hilarious because that means the NFL hates people in Buffalo because it's so cold in that stadium in December. Like, it's cold everywhere in Buffalo in December, but in that stadium especially, I don't know why, but it's literally about 20 degrees colder in that stadium than it is in the rest of Earth. Um, but it's not uh, but even yeah, the it's snow. Kind of those swirling winds off of Lake Erie. I went to a game there it it is- once.
1: Years ago, and yeah.
0: it was this cold rain, and it was it was the most miserable experience of my life. I had to leave at halftime. It was so bad. Yeah, and there's not enough booze in that stadium to keep you warm at some of those games. It's ridiculous. Um, but all right, I'm looking at the Browns' schedule. They don't have that bad of a schedule, other than their division. Right. I mean, Philly. They they're better. I I think they're better than Philly. Um, they got Miami. Um Tennessee. Uh the Jets. I mean, these are winnable games. San Diego, yeah. Buffalo. They're pretty winnable games. i so they'll man. lose in to their division. Way. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, just looking I, I, at it. For for what it's worth, actually another Cowboys fan that I work with, um, he's a D bag too. But uh yeah. <laughs> applying that Tony's the, um, a D bag as well. He's a can I defend also, but, uh, myself for a second? As a Dallas fan, I feel I'm the most realistic, least douchebag Dallas fan there is. I honestly hate 99% of other Cowboys fans because I just feel like they have this false sense of just bravado about them that we haven't earned in 20 years. Right. So I can realistically, they, you, you said your, your heart, your heart is, is realistic. the Cowboys making the Super Bowl? But realistically, what, what do you think their record's going to be? I think, honestly, I think 10-6 and six, and we'll win the division because I think the division will be that bad. Yeah, you're really just going up against the Giants. Yeah, that's really our only challenge, I believe. I think Washington will regress. Bill, I was I just waiting for a reaction there. No, I I think he's right. I think we're going to be the two teams battling for the for the division. I think you're right, and I think if Romo plays 16 games, trust me, I'm really worried about that a lot. If Romo gets hurt, then Listen, I think uh, I think the Giants should win the division. But you know, hopefully, you guys bury the Eagles and they get the number one pick because the Browns have the number one, the the Eagles number one pick next year. And uh, they do. Yeah. For yeah, what? Yeah, for the uh, Carson nuts trade. Oh, the, we have their number one oh, pick. yeah, that's so. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna fucking lose my mind if he becomes a stud. <laughs> no, you are. I highly. Doubt I can't it. wait for that to happen. Um. So Anthony, and, you do and, not and, think poof. he's going to become a stud? What's that? You don't think he's going to be a stud? First once? No. No, I think he's okay. going to be a bust. That actually makes me feel I just, better. I, I just think because it's like I never too. wish anything bad. But if we passed on a franchise quarterback for just a bunch of pieces that will definitely test my loyalty. <laughs> Big time. Uh yeah, well Dan, I can't blame. You. The uh the Bills have great uniforms, so you look a lot better in those 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 jerseys and shirts and stuff than you will on the doo doo browns. I hate their colors. They're the worst. So I just did the Dallas. Never speak um, about the Browns like that again. Who Sorry. decided I did the a good idea to put their name on the uniform? Like, I love their old style of their uni. The new ones just look ridiculous. Oh, the Browns? Yeah. Um, yeah. They look like a junior the high football along the team. look like shit. And actually, the uniforms aren't popular, and they're saying whenever it is. I think you have to make a commitment oh, to have that uniform for four years so that they're going to revert back to the old uniforms when this, the next three years are over with. I just, there's gotta be some big wigs in a conference room that looked at those and they're like, Oh yeah. Yeah. This is, this looks good. This will sell. Like, who are those people? Who? Yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> oh it man. Like- I just did the numbers guys, Dallas. I looked at their schedule. I have them winning 11, and I have the Giants winning nine. Oh, boy. Ooh.
1: Oh. I'm yeah, going
0: to take a look quick. Yeah, Dallas has a pretty – I mean, obviously they play a lot of the same teams, but I have Dallas winning the first game at the Giants, uh, the first game, uh, the home game. I have them winning that game. I have them winning Washington, Chicago, San Francisco, Cincy, losing to Green Bay. Uh, basically, the teams I have them losing to is Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Minnesota, the second Giants game, and that's it. That's yeah, that game. I mean, maybe Baltimore. Yeah, maybe Baltimore. Maybe they lose the Cincinnati game. I doubt it. Um, Minnesota, maybe, but like I think they split the Giants game. Um, I think they sweep the rest of the division, and I I really, I only have them losing five. Like that's kind of that's rough. That's rough sledding there for me as a Giants fan. I'm actually kind of hurt. I might go to sleep and not wake up tomorrow thinking about it. Yeah. Last four Giants, Bucks, Lions, and Eagles. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy, last four. Yeah. So, the Giants going so, 97. What is your realistic view on the Giants? A realistic view on the Giants is that they did overspend for Olivier Vernon, they did overspend for Janoris Jenkins. Janoris Jenkins, by the way, is still looking for his goddamn cleat after Tyrod Taylor juked him out of his damn shoe. I'm sure he's still wandering while Fulton Stadium trying to figure out what the hell happened to him. But uh, did you guys – I mean, Tony, you probably saw it, but, Dan, did you see it? Tyrod Taylor, like, Denoris um, Jenkins had a clean, a clear path to Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor literally juked him out so bad that Tyrod was rolling out, and you still see Jenkins trying to collect himself. Like, he's literally trying to, like, catch his balance yeah. still. After Tyrod rolls out, he's on the other side of the field throwing the ball down the field. You can see Jenkins in the background, literally trying to catch his balance. Still, it's kind of funny. But um, I mean, realistically, I think they lost a lot of close games last year. I mean, they really should have won five games that they lost. I mean, they should the have Dallas won 11-5. Sure. The Dallas game for sure, they blew it. The New Orleans game, they blew it. They blew the New England game. Like the 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 Panthers game, they were. I mean, they were up very 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 late in that game, and then Cam brought them back. And um Was well, something they led five, in the fourth man. quarter in five or six games and lost? Yes, yes, they lost in the last three minutes. If they if if NFL games were fifty six minutes long, the Giants would have been I think twelve and four last year. Um but I actually think it helps that they, they solidified the defensive line quite a bit. The linebackers are still pretty bad. Um the secondary Safeties are very iffy. Landry uh Landon Collins not that not that quick, but he's a good in the box guy. He's like a like a bootleg Cam Chancellor. Um Cam Chancellor very uh overrated by the way. He can't really cover. Um but he's a good he's essentially like a roving middle fielder linebacker guy. Um uh but that's that's what that's a lot of what Landon Collins is. Um they're trying Leon Hall at free safety, which actually might not be a bad move. So they have Eli Apple, Cromarty, um and uh, Janoris Jenkins is their corner, so their secondary is not terrible. Their front four are, are pretty good. Um, their offense is, you know, Victor Cruz. We we all need to just stop with the Victor Cruz stuff, all right? It sucks to say, but Victor Cruz is done. I hate saying it. I love Victor Cruz. He won us a Super Bowl, but he's done. Like that knee injury for the way that Victor Cruz plays, it, it's so Victor it's, Cruz you can't is a mile overcome off Yes, thank you. That's a great comparison. But, um, I mean, I just think that injury is just too devastating for a guy like Richard Cruz to come back from. The running backs don't exactly wake me up in the morning with all kinds of glee. Andre, uh, we don't cut Andre Williams, I swear to God. I, the fact that he's wearing Ernie Davis's number makes you— me just almost openly weep every time I think about it because he is so slow and he's so plodding and he's our number two running back and I don't understand why. I, if the Giants brought Carlos Williams in, I'd actually be thrilled. Um, but, you know, Rashad Jennings is... I mean, you, I mean, you really don't get a more bland running back in the NFL than, than Rashad Jennings, but he's good. He, you know, I, I like him. Um, you know, he's going to get... Four six yards on every single carry, um, so I, I can't really hate that. Shane Vereen might as well be our number three receiver. Uh, I do like the tight ends a lot. The offensive line is meh. Um, the left tackle Eric Flowers scares me a little bit because he's so raw. Um, he's just he's just young, and but I think overall, I think they're going to be I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be a middle of the pack team. I think that they're. I mean, if I'm being realistic. I think that they are going to be in the playoff race until about week 16, week 17 with the possibility of making it or the possibility of not making it, which is the most obvious statement on the planet because you either are or aren't. But I think that they're going to be right in it to the very end. Um, but I will say that realistically, if Tony Romo is healthy all year and, and uh, he can somehow overcome the defense, um, the, the Cowboys are trouting out this year, which is actually significantly worse than the Giants this year, which is good, good for me. Um, I think that they are going to win a lot of high-scoring games, but I don't think they're that team in 2014 that uh, that you know probably could have went to the Super Bowl. So, so uh, do you Dallas see in the probable whatnot. in the fourth season? I um, mean, this is just a guesstimate, Of Eli, that you know that are left, do you see them getting back to the Super Bowl? And that's kind of hard. I do if the pass rush is there. It's time uh, is gone, to me. No, I, 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 think that, I think that he could make one more playoff run. I, I think he has one more in him. Um, the problem is it's not Eli that I, I worry about. I mean, he does scare the hell out of me when he throws the ball sometimes because it's like, who the hell? But, like, it's Jerry Reese. Jerry Reese won two Super Bowls with a lot of Ernie, of course, these players. And that's the thing a lot of Giants fans don't remember is Jerry Reese is not that good of a GM. He really isn't. He's had some bad drafts the last handful of years. Um, any idiot could have picked Jason Pierre Paul. I mean, those first round picks do not impress me. Um, and it's, we haven't re-signed a first round pick outside of Jason Pierre Paul in like a decade. Um, uh, so that's not good. Um, yeah. but like, it's always the second, third, fourth round picks that I, I'm always way more impressed with when it comes to a GM. Like, Seattle getting Bobby Wagner in the second round, hitting Cam Chancellor in the fourth round. That's the kind of stuff that impresses me, not drafting Earl Thomas in the first round. Like, that. Earl Thomas is almost a no-brainer. Jason Pierre-Paul is almost a no-brainer. Victor, or, um, Odell Beckham in that receiving class and where they drafted, almost a no-brainer. Even though I know this is unpopular with Giants fans, I'd actually rather have Aaron Donald, um, who got picked right after Beckham, um, because I think he's going to be, uh, outside of Khalil Mack, and maybe even over Kalimak, the best defensive player in the league, in about three months. Uh, but um, that being said, I really think if I'm being super realistic, I think the Giants are about a 9-7, 10-6 team that uh, probably will end up losing the division to Dallas if Tony Rahm will play 16 games. That is my realistic expectation of uh, the Giants season. I'll give your Giants credit on this. You say they overspent on their defense. I would much rather overspend yeah, they- on my defense and do what Dallas did, and do absolutely nothing with your defense. Considering you have three guys out on suspension, your best player, is Sean Lee, his body is made out of papier-mâché, so who knows if he's going to stay on the field? It's a very similar bone density structure than to, to Tony Romo. <laughs> your two best oh, players are always hurt. Um, and then I looked I up like uh, more playborn oh. stats. Morris Claiborne coming off injury, four years with Dallas, three playing, had three total picks. He's one of um, the biggest draft busts, non-quarterback draft busts I can remember. Morris Claiborne. Yeah, because wasn't he like a top four or five pick, and then uh, everyone thought he would be long gone before Dallas got him, and they somehow snagged him and – he was huge. Did he quit the team like every other year? For us. Yeah, he that. was the SEC Defensive Player of the Year, an All-American. Like, I, when we drafted him, I was like, "Oh, we finally got that shutdown corner." And the guy is just never in position; can never make a play. Just terrible. It's so weird because I think a lot of people thought that he was going to be like he was going to be like Patrick Peterson, and he's just not that guy. Patrick Peterson is an adult. Uh, Mars Clayborn's not so much. I mean, yeah, he, he he walked out of practice. I mean, the hurt thing is whatever. If you're, you know, you try, like, Sean Witherspoon for the Falcons is a leader on the team, but he's hurt pretty often. But he's, like, around the facility when he's hurt. Like, and, I mean, that's the kind of guy you sort of want when you get a first-round pick. And with all the accolades that he had, you want, like, a Patrick Peterson or a Sean Witherspoon, somebody like that. But, like, when you get a Mo Clayboard and then he is just the most immature. The dude got a two on his Wonderland. A two. A two. And that's probably because he just, like, accidentally guessed the right answer. That's what he did. He sat down and he just he just basically started writing. He just started guessing. He, he didn't think it was important for a cornerback to, to take the wonder seriously. Then why even take it? You don't have to take anything at the combine, really. You don't even have to go to the combine. Especially for a guy that highly touted, he didn't need to do the wonder at all. So why do it and get a terrible grade? It just makes no sense. But I love when a guy Oh, ahead. In the most important time of his life, takes any takes zero percent of it seriously. Like, oh, I, I don't need to worry about this stuff. It's not my future. Or millions of dollars on the line. So it's a lot. It's so stupid. Yeah, it's so stupid. But we all know, right, guys, we're gonna stupid. put a bow on it. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. I was well, I was just gonna point out if it makes you feel any better, um, we're probably gonna the Browns are probably gonna end up cutting uh, Justin Gilbert, who was the eighth pick two years ago. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, Barkevious yes, Mingo. I almost just have to laugh at it now. Like, it's just so ridiculously bad with the Browns. Yeah, you're for the last oh, you handful know what? Actually, for one thing I did want to bring up before we wrap this up. Uh, what's everybody's sure. fantasy football team name this year? Oh, uh, I just go with the default Kegels kids every year. Um, that's been my fantasy, fantasy name for all my things for like 12 years now. Uh, what, what was the one I had the other day, Tony, though? It's like, um, uh, it was a Todd Gurley one, though, that I thought of. I forget what it was. Oh, I thought you had a Jack's um, one, I remember. <laughs> It probably you probably had it for me. Uh, I think mine was like ran me in the girly parts or something like that. I forget it was something stupid, but um, yeah, I keep it simple every year. I, I don't just have go with TV. Big D, Big D, the swinging D. Yeah, um, I, you know, for Dallas, and that's like a good anatomy joke. It's, good. it's clever. It's like uh, it's like yeah. Corolla swinging it, Black Caucus. That always makes me laugh. Um, it's what's very wishful been? thinking Something my team doesn't have And something I don't have Alright, Dan, what's yours? Uh, you know I've got a couple I'm kind of debating on I mean, I've got the ones that I've used in the past The, uh, the Sons of Dan the The uh, Carpe D's Nuts yeah, there's a few that uh, I'm kind of juggling Sons around of there. Sons of Danarchy. I what I'm gonna go with. I forgot I... about the Sons of Danarchy. Yeah. yeah, Breaking Dan. We can just do all kinds of shows. Or, the or, Dan Prano. Yeah. Um. Yeah. uh, uh Shit. Um. I got nothing else. Could I, I'm who really could tired. I work with he? Back, his uh, team name is the Sacks from the Back or something stupid like that. And, uh, <laughs> stupid. Yeah. I never hear a lot of good ones, though. I think the – I think people uh, tried it. Yeah, that's why I didn't. I made mine the Wolf of Fantasy last year, and I had the worst fantasy season of all time. So I guess I'll never change my name again. I'll just keep going with Kegel's Kids. Kegel's Kids has won a couple grand in fantasy football money over the years. So I don't think I'm going to uh, switch it ever again. The Wolf of Fantasy? Well, it was more like the Wolf of Wall Street. No, no I think at the time. of Kids, it's like a, like a Charles in Charge or some shit. Oh, you know what it was? It was like a Jerry's Kids thing. And then I was like, oh, Kegel Scale will work. And then this was, like, I was literally like 19 or 20. Um, it was back when uh, you slept on a floor in a Carhartt and had an MP 40 next to you. Back in those days. <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, um... Actually no, I wasn't on the floor. What are you talking about? (laughs) But uh, yeah, we're going in my head. You were on the floor with an MD forty in us, and and you were sleeping in a Carhartt. One, I I didn't want a Carhartt. Two, I I wasn't on the floor. (laughs) Three, it was in like late (laughs) May. Like, like it would have been that cold where you needed a fucking Carhartt. Yeah, yeah. so next week we're going back. Yeah, it's, that's exciting. Uh, we're from, uh we're from, Sunday from Sunday coming up is right? Yep. Week from Sunday. Yeah, week from Sunday. I'm going to uh Yep, going there. Hey, and then in, in three days I'm helping Tony move to Syracuse. That's exciting. Woo You're losing Wait. Tony? Yeah. We're losing Tony. Is he headed up to Tony, are you headed up to deliver uh like a wire up there? Is that is that a job thing or what? Yeah, no. My uh, girlfriend got a job out there, and we're just all having right. to move home after her father unfortunately passed away, and be closer totally. to family. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. Mean to yeah, Tony has. Around, but life happens. Yeah, I was gonna say Tony has family that loves him. It's so weird. Um, Dan, I think Dan does too. So this is all bizarre to me. This is all foreign. Let me um, let me fix that. Her family loves me. My family, they put up with me. It's like my wife's family loves me, but That's my actual right. family, nah, not so much. Um, but, uh,
1: hey, yeah, anyway. Speaking of plans, I, go ahead. I
0: was looking online, and uh, I didn't know UFC 203 is in Cleveland, Ohio, Saturday, September yes. 10th. Yes. So yeah, I'm contemplating um, going to that. You said you're planning on going to that? Thinking about it, I I was looking on SeatGeek, and I found some uh, nose lead seats for about 100 bucks. You know, for that much, I'd rather just buy the fight, to be honest. Um, Stipe is at, I don't know if you've listened before, but Stipe actually grew up like 10 minutes. Actually, I used to live in the same city he used to live in. Um, but he grew up like 10 minutes from me. Um, and, yeah, he's hes huge in this area. I mean, obviously, people claim he broke the Cleveland curse when he won the title, and then the Cavs won the, their their title and everything else, and... that's going to be a huge event here that should be nuts yeah and for personal reasons i'm a huge cm punk fan and i think there'd be nothing better than to go to the ufc fight wearing one of my punk wrestling t-shirts and just having fans shit on me and just getting into arguments with people all night long (laughs) oh tony we forgot to touch on that by the way so yeah i'll probably bring him back on next week to talk about that but anyway listen i have to wrap this show up i am quite tired um, someone was like, actually got up and got, went to work on time. And Dan works. Dan doesn't go to work until, like, 10 or something. So, uh true. I, yeah. I, I actually you know. just popped a melatonin because I didn't learn my lesson from today. I only took one this time uh-huh. instead of two. God. But yeah, Dan has, one has one an awesome schedule. It's like 10 to something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my accounts are all one. you going to need a driver? Seven. Yeah. Uh Not bad. That's such a perfect shift for you because you are the worst person in the world to get up in the morning. Um, I learned that my way. But anyway, what? what, Yes. That is true. I am not a morning person. Um, I really don't mind staying up till 1 o'clock every night and watching TV and uh, getting up a little late and going in at 10. So. Kind of nice. Pretty tall. All right, guys, for real, we're ending this show right now. All right, Tony, thank you for calling. Feel free to call anytime. Just always text me before you do. I'll let you know if we go on at 9 or 8. And um, But yeah, yeah always anytime, call in. Man. Um, I like how you're pretending talking, like I won't I talk to go to to an tomorrow and see you. Uh, you know you what? Uh, no, I only right. want to talk to you on this show don't worry. I stopped talking to Dan when we started doing the show too. So we would have more to talk about in the show. And then I just cut him short and end the show because I'm sleepy. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a great friend. I would hate me as a friend to be honest with you. But, uh, but thank you guys for uh, at least pretending to be mine. Tony also, um, I'm going to put you on blast on the air. Tony keeps making references to my daughter. Uh, can't wait <laughs> for her to turn 18. She's 15 oh. months or 14 months old. It's right. It's, it's, so, it's pretty jarring sometimes. Uh, 17 you know, more, that's, years that's, man but, I'm just going to be making it rain with those singles. Do you have, like, a Y2J the Y2J countdown I clock? clock? I actually do, yeah. It, it, it's in my living room on the wall. God. Oh, hopefully you have a good battery. Um, yeah. Anyway, so enjoy that because she looks just like me. So, um, you know, my apologies. But all right, for real. Why did I extend the show when I'm trying to get off of the air? Alright guys. Thanks I for coming no in, Tony. I really appreciate it. Dan, I will uh talk to you uh Anytime. at some point and then uh see uh, uh yeah, see you in like a week. I'm pretty pumped, not to yeah. lie. So we gotta go to that Mabel's yeah. barbecue place and uh for dinner after oh, we'll uh, eat, after uh, Cedar Point. The Michael Simon restaurant? Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely go. I have no idea what that even means, but uh it was Michael I went Simon there and it was a like- bomb barbecue. Yeah, uh, you went okay. Michael Simon is the guy who's like on the Iron Chef and shit, and he's got a he's a Cleveland mm-hmm. guy and he's got like a bunch of different restaurants in the area. That's one of his restaurants. Oh, nice! Oh, it's yeah. delicious. All right, guys. Thanks, White. Talk guys soon. All right, all right. Stay white.